Good morning, church. I hope that you are well. What a great time of worship we have had. We are going to continue our journey through the book of Luke. Jesus has set himself up. John the, uh, the Baptist has set Jesus up. And we are ready to really get rolling in the ministry of Jesus. Several years of Jesus preaching and teaching and loving and showing grace and mercy and healing to the people. So we're going to be in Luke chapter 5 this morning, Luke chapter 5, and we're going to do verses 1 through 11. So let's dig in. Let's read. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, that is the Sea of Galilee, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, that's going to be Peter, and asked him to put out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we have worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and to help them. And they came and they filled both boats so full they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left, everything and followed him. So let's tear into uh, this word. Jesus is teaching and the authority that Jesus brought to his teaching was what drew the people. We find over and over again, Jesus appears in town with no radio programming, no billboard advertising, no television commercials. He shows up and the people come to see him, to hear him, because he preaches and he teaches. He has authority over the word, authority over the things of the spirit and the demons, authority over the physical world and disease. And Jesus is doing what he set out to do, what was read from Isaiah in chapter 4 in the synagogue that we know is his job, it's his calling, it's why he was sent to preach the good news to the poor, to, to give sight to the, to the blind, to, to break the chains of people captive by sin. This is what Jesus is doing, all right? But he's also always thinking, always moving. Now, before we get to this next verse, you need to understand that, that the writer, Luke, um, this particular gospel is a gospel full of parables, heavenly teachings with 
earthly meanings. They're illustrations that Jesus would use to help the people understand teaching by using bread or, or water or, or farming or fathers and sons. And, and these parables are told all throughout Luke. Now, they're in the other Gospels, of course, but, but Luke uses by far and away the most parables. Now, this particular story is not necessarily considered a, a, a parable as such, but it absolutely is, and Jesus actually sets that up. So in this verse, verse 2, we see, He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by fishermen who were washing their nets. So the fishermen would come in from a full night of fishing, all right, and they would park their boats, they would get out of their boats, um, they would, you know, get their sea legs, so to speak, uh, get back on land, and then they would wash, and, and most of the time mend uh, their nets. Uh, they, would, they would get holes in them and they would break, so those nets would need to be mended. So uh, Peter and James and John were likely sitting off to the side while Jesus was teaching to this crowd, and they were mending their nets. Now Jesus is doing a couple of things here. He is about to set up the parable, but he's also about to set up the calling of the first disciples. He's going to call Peter, James, and John to be the first couple of disciples, all right? So he's setting both those things up right here. He notices at the water's edge a boat. Now the crowd is coming and, and it's getting larger and larger and, he, and he's running out of beach space, so he, he needs a place to, to preach from. And so what he's going to do is he's going to have Peter push his boat out just a little bit, maybe five or ten yards, all right, so that he can teach the people and so that, you know, he doesn't have to necessarily walk on the water or get in the water, okay? But what he does is he's setting up the boat as a platform for preaching the gospel. So now the boat becomes two different things. Everybody knows that the boat is an instrument for fishing. But Jesus is now using it as an instrument or a platform for evangelism, preaching and teaching the gospel, okay? So the boat is now paralleled with an instrument for fishing and an instrument for evangelism or fishing for people, which we're going to see him use later, all right? So he saw at the water's edge two boats. They were left there by the fishermen who were watching. He stepped into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon. And I am certain, I am absolutely certain that he knew that it was the one b belonging to Simon. Uh, Simon Peter is kind of high strung. Simon Peter is all about, you know, uh, attention. He's the guy that's jumping out of the boat first into the storm. He's the guy that's swinging the sword, all right, and, and cutting the guy's ear off. You know, Peter's just a rambunctious kind of character. And so when, when Jesus steps into his boat, he's probably taken off guard a little bit, but then he sees the crowd and he's like, oh, Jesus is going to be in my boat. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to row the teacher out, you know, and he kind of kind of peacocks a little bit, throws his shoulders back, and he starts listening to Jesus, all right? And Jesus taught from the boat to the people, all right? Now, as soon as Jesus is done with the sermon, he takes his eyes off the people, he turns around and he sits down and he looks right at Peter. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out in deep water and let down your nets, all right? Let down your nets. Hmm. Now, Peter's in a real dilemma here, all right? Because there's a lot of things that fishermen are going to know about fishing, right? Uh, first of all, when the sun comes up, the fish go way down, 
all right? The nets don't, don't reach that far. Second of all, you catch fish at night because they're close to the surface, the temperature's more correctly, and not in the day. Third, you don't necessarily have to go out to deep water, but you can, but there's a certain, several certain places, fishing holes, so to speak, that we would go. So what Peter wanted to say was, if I throw my nets over, I'm going to be embarrassed in front of all this crowd and my buddies. And second of all, we're not going to catch anything. So Jesus, you may want to stick to what you know and let me stick to what I know. Now, in our lives, we've all done it. We have all done that. We have known Jesus was leading some, us to do something, but the practicality of it didn't make sense to us. We didn't know how we were going to pay the bills. We didn't know how we were going to make the time. Our mother or our father or our former church did not do it that way. And so we know that God is speaking or we know that the Bible tells us so, but it doesn't make sense for us. Parallel this to churches and, and to evangelism and to going out into the deep waters. Jesus is talking about the places that we don't believe that fish are going to be caught, all right? And we all have our preconceived notions about cities where nobody's going to believe. Nobody's going to bite what we're throwing out or, or restaurants or workplaces or individual houses in our neighborhoods where we would say, we're just not going to catch anything there. We have to think about these things because that's exactly where God sends us. He doesn't always send us to places where we know there's going to be a successful catch. He sends us to the unexpected places that nobody believes fish or people will be caught because when they are caught, it is by His will, His way, His word, and His power. God can do things we cannot and to display his power and his authority and his greatness. We have to go to places that are outside of our realm of understanding, outside of our realm of possibility. And so Peter thinks all of these excuses in his head, but he, but he doesn't say it. Simon says, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. And he pauses. There's a, there's a comma. Actually, there's a period there. Hey, master, we've told all night and caught nothing. And he's just looking at Jesus, and I think he's probably hoping, like we hope, that Jesus isn't going to send us out to the deep water, right? But Jesus just looks at him. And Peter responds with this, but because you say so, I will let down my nets. Because you say so, I will let down my nets. And when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. What an extraordinary experience. They push the nets just over the side of the boat, expecting nothing to happen. Meanwhile, Jesus sets one hand here, one hand here, you know, on the boat, and all of a sudden the boat nearly tips to the point where experienced fisherman Peter almost falls out. And, 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 and he reaches out and he wants to pull the net in, but he cannot. And I want you to see what happens. So they signal their partners in the other boat to come and help them. So James and John are brought in to help them get the miraculous catch of fish. Now listen, listen, listen. Why are we as Christians, why are we as churches 
more. Why are we as denominations afraid to share with one another? You know what happens in the world today? We get so many fish in our boat that even if we can't haul them all in, we will not call somebody else to share the wealth. We just won't. We will get as much in as we can and either let the rest go or we will get as much in as we can and we will take more in and we will cause our boat to sink. And, and, and immediately Peter calls his buddies and says, come on out, my fish, your fish, everybody's fish. Folks, there's 30-something thousand people in Jessamine County. I promise you, NBC can't do it alone. NBC and Edgewood can't do it. NBC, First Baptist, Edgewood, Catalyst, and Jessamine Christian. All together, all together, we're not going to get 2,000 of those people this morning. Add in Southland, we're not even going to get to 4,000 this morning. That's 26,000 more people. I don't need them all. I don't want them all in this building. We have to share the wealth. There's plenty to go around. And the bottom line is we need each other. And look at what it says. And they helped them and they came and both boats were so full that they were about to sink. Come on, church. Come on, churches. Come on, kingdom. There's so much we can do together if we're obedient to God. We're going to look. We're going to look shortly at the four things that are outlined in this passage that we as a church have to be and we as the kingdom of God have to be in order for the great catches to occur. And when they occur, we're going to have to be together. We're going to have to join hands. We're going to have to pull resources individually inside the church and then collectively among the churches. We have got to. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell to his knees. Listen, when you see God working, man, the Pharisees, you know what they did? They would see God working and they'd mutter. They'd whine. They'd complain. They talk about what it took from them. They talk about how that had never been done before. They talk about what they had tried to say. They didn't recognize greatness. Peter immediately said, go away from me for I am a sinner. Listen, in the presence of the almighty God, no matter how much good or how much bad you've done or whether or not you feel like you've done nothing at all, you're walking at a nice steady zero, all right? You're good. You're not too religious. You're not not religious. You're just right here. Listen, when you're next to God, and you understand his authority, and you feel his presence, you stand amazed in it, and you become humbled by it. Depart from me, Lord, for I am a sinner. For he and all his companions were taken aback by the catch of fish. So were the sons of James and John. Even James and John were blown away. And Jesus said, hey, 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 don't be afraid. This is nothing. You're going to be fishers of men. Yes, I can do this in the physical world, but I will do this. I have come to do this in the spiritual world too, and I'm going to make you fishers of men. I'm going to use you to bring in the catch. So they pulled their boats on up to the shore and followed. What does that mean for us? Well, in order for us to figure that out, we have to listen to the call that we sometimes ignore. In uh, verse 4, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Another version says, let down your nets. That's your job. Church, that's your job. We have to let down our nets. Well, what are our nets? Well, the nets 
were what catch the fish. They have to be tended to. They have to be cleaned. They have to be mended. Absolutely. We have to do and use whatever God has given us to catch the fish to the best of our abilities. Whatever there is in word or deed, do it all to the glory of God, right? So they're mending their nets, but the nets are what bring in the fish. So here's the thing, church. What do you have that connects with people? What do you have that brings people in? Yes, if he be lifted up, he will draw all men into himself. But I use my words. I use my voice. Another thing that I use is my kitchen and my dining room table, all right? So what are your nets, all right? For for Preston, it, it is it is song, it is guitar. That is his net. For Melissa, it could be her her photography, her artistic gifts and talent. For Tyler, it could be drawing on the computer. For Megan Guardiola, it is absolutely baking. And as she bakes, as she draws, as he sings, as she snaps photographs, we are using our gifts and talents for the Lord. And we are letting people know that our gifts and talents bring glory to the Lord. And we're letting them know how we see him, how we found him, how we're growing in him. And we invite them to come and to grow and to let their nets down too. We need hands and we need feet. We need eyes. We need ears all in the family of God. And letting down your nets is using what you are good at to serve the kingdom of God. Your time, your talents, and your tithe is how we look at it at NBC. But however uh, Edgewood or Catalyst or Jessamine Christian or Mount Pleasant looks at it, they need to use what they have to bring the people in. It might happen in a moment. It may take a lifetime, but we're called to constantly use our gifts. And when we do, when we let down our nets, when we throw away our excuses, Master, we've told all night and caught nothing. Master, my baking can't do it. I can't do graphic design for the Lord. I'm into medicine, but I can't everything, whatever you do in word or deed, do it all for God's glory. If we're all waking up, focusing our talents and, and, and refining our talents and mending our gifts and getting better at what God made us to be, then he will use it for his glory. And when we're obedient, he will bring in the fish. No one comes to the Father except by me. But he sends disciples. He sends people out to be fishers of men. And then the great catch comes. So what are the things? What are the things that, that we need in this passage? All right? Well, we got a misspelling here, and that's absolutely okay. We are going to teach the world. Yes, we want to go you therefore into all the world. But the actual phrase here should be teach the word. All right? So we are going to teach the word of God, and that's where the passage starts. Jesus was standing in the lake of Gennesaret and the people were crowding around him listening to the word of God, all right? Sure, we can use tax meetings. We can use uh, financial help. We can use uh, budget meetings. We can use youth ministry meetings. We can use children's ministry meetings. We can have all of those things. We can pull up Kona ice trucks. We can have marriage retreats. But at those things, we must be preaching and teaching the word of God. The scriptures are paramount above all things, all right? So teach the word, and that's where we find Jesus start, teaching the word. So yes, 
use your gifts and talents, but teach and preach and bake and draw and photograph and all around the Word of God and the fruits of the Spirit of God. Things like love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. We're going to preach and teach the Word of God. That's where Jesus started, preaching the good news uh, or the gospel, okay? So number one, teach the word, all right? Number two, obey the commands. Now, Simon Peter was obviously uh, young in his faith. This is the first time, as far as we know, that he'd been in the presence of God, but he felt the spirit. He felt the authority. He felt the power. He had heard the teaching. And, 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 and in order for anything to happen, he had to obey what Jesus asked. He could have made excuses. He could have made defenses. He could have said no. He could have uh, not wanted to look bad around his friends. He could have done what's popular instead of what's right. But in order for the fish, the hall, the miracles to happen, you have to obey the commands of God. Those who love me obey my commands. So we teach the word. We obey his commands. We live in humility. Hey, this was a fantastic catch of fish. Remember, Peter's kind of proud when he gets in the boat, right? And then Jesus asks him and he feels kind of weird, all right? And sometimes we do this. We're all arrogant here and then we get humbled here and then we get arrogant again here. He goes out, he pulls in all these fish. I mean, they're bringing in boats. There's probably fish up to their shoulders. Jesus is smiling real big. Peter could have been going like this. Yeah, look at us, Peter, James, and John. Look at this big catch of fish we got. And you know what, people? We do that. We're human. We make that mistake sometimes. But I want you to see in this passage, what, is, what occurs when Simon Peter saw this, he fell at his knees and said, go away from me, Lord, I am a sinner. Understanding that all glory, all power, all honor be to our God forever and ever. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. To God be the glory, great things he hath done. We have to make sure that the focus is never on or about us. Great things are going to happen through me. Great things are going to happen through you. Great things are going to happen through Steve and Cy and Preston and Mom and Dad and Nicole. And great things are going to happen through the Whitmores and the Guardiolas and anyone. Great things are going to happen through anyone who teaches the word, lets down their nets, is humble and obeys his commands. It's going to happen. But when it happens, we can't get arrogant. We can't get proud. We can't say, look at me. It's just not the way to, to, to keep discipleship rolling. The penitent man shall pass. That's in, that's in Indiana Jones in the last crusade. It's one of the ways he gets through. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. They were so astonished by the catch that they were humbled. So we teach the word. We obey the commands. We live in humility. This is the thing. This is the invitation. Listen, I, I grew up in church. People often ask, 
why um, I, I don't give it in an invitation, why um, sometimes that, 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 that we don't just offer. You may have someone in your church who, who, who needs to hear it. Yes, yes, every Sunday there may be someone in here who's not saved. There may not be someone in here who is not saved. I believe in salvation. I believe that God's call. I believe you need to mark the moment. But I don't know that the moment is the issue. It is a relationship with Jesus that gets you into heaven. You confess with your mouth and believe in your heart and you are saved, all right? But God didn't call us to make converts. That's a convert. He called us to make disciples. So I want to build relationships between people and Jesus. I want them to walk with him and talk with him. I am not opposed. For 20 years, I gave evangelistic messages and invitations. And when God lends it, we have given them here on more than one occasion. And, and we offer our children opportunities. And we have baptism as a testimony. And we offer people uh, baptism in Jesus' name. But they have to have a relationship with him. They have to, have to uh, know that, that he is their God and he will never leave them or forsake them. I believe in all those things. But I want you to hear the invitation Jesus gave. The invitation Jesus gave was only two words. Don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. And they pulled everything up on shore left it, and followed him. When Jesus called the disciples in the other gospels, same story, different version. When he called them, he said, follow me. That, that's Jesus' invitation. Jesus gives a two-word invitation. Follow him. Listen to me. Don't lead him. Don't tell him what he thinks. Don't interpret his word and then misinterpret it and tell others that's not quite what he meant, all right? Don't get in front of him. Don't walk beside him. I've said this over and over again. There was a, a super cute picture on the wall of, of a place I used to eat after Sunday when I was a child. There was two little boys in a pair of overalls looking at each other, and the little phrase said, uh, don't, don't follow me, I may not lead. Don't lead me, I may not follow. Walk beside me and be my friend. And it's super cute, but Jesus didn't say it. Jesus never said, walk in front and I'll jump in when I need to. No, he said, follow me. And there's a ton of reasons for that. It shows humility, all right? It shows that you know who is the lead. He is not your co-pilot. Come on, follow. And don't follow Craig. Don't follow Preston. Don't follow NBC. Don't follow Christianity. Don't follow Southern Baptist. Don't follow Catholicism. Follow Jesus. And when we do, when each of us lets down our nets, teaches the word, obeys the commands, lives in humility, and follow Jesus, there will be such a large number of fish that the nets will begin to break. It will overwhelm us. Listen, listen, but it never surprised, shocked, or overwhelmed Jesus. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he wants, like Christmas morning wants, his children to experience the abundance that he has to offer. Are you willing to let down your nets, follow me. Let's pray. God, 
greater things are yet to come here at Nicholasville Baptist Church. And we want to be a beacon on this street corner that lifts you up. So I'm praying today that you would whisper in the ears of everyone here their specific gifts, their specific talents. I want you to call them uncomfortably to do something. And I want to hear those things as their pastor. I want them to share them with Steve or with Cy or with Preston. And I want to, to push them to do those things. And I want to watch knowing that a miraculous catch of fish is coming. God, you are going to use us in an amazing and powerful way, and we want to connect with other kingdom-minded churches, and, and there is so much for everyone to do and be. And God, we take no credit. To God be the glory, great things he has done. Make that our heart's cry. Don't make it words. Don't make it eloquence. Just make it our heart's cry that we humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift us up. But make sure that it is he who is lifted up that draws all men. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the message. Thank you for all you are doing in our lives. And thank you for the amazing things that are coming. In Jesus' name, amen.